You're listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. I'm Soul Time. I'm joined by Sally Bug. Sally Bug, can you hear me? I'm here. I'm also joined by Green Stego. Uh, Stego, are you there? Hello, hello. Good morning. Sounding good today, Stego. Um, and Romance Girl, Romance Girl, can you hear me? Hello. Can hear you loud and clear. And I'm excited to uh, introduce a new addition to our panel today, uh, f- the famous Funny Bone. You may have seen him in chat. Funny Bone, can you hear me? Roger. He's coming through loud and clear. So this is exciting. We've got a huge panel, a growing panel. Hopefully we can get a few more people in here over the years. Um, and a lot to talk about today. In particular, uh, what has everybody been doing? Uh, we'll start off with uh, Romance Girl. Did you do any Destiny this week or since we last talked? Yeah, I, we did a little Destiny I think a little bit throughout the week, but we also did some last night and a little bit this morning. Nice. Just kind of chugging along in the um, post-campaign Europa quest. We just got the Dasis grenade launcher. Nice. Uh, we being uh, Green Stego. Green Stego and you, you guys usually play together. Um I have a question uh, for you guys, for you and Green Stego. Is it just me or does it seem like uh, Beyond Light, I can't tell where the campaign ends. It seems to have splintered into four different activities for me. Yes, I was looking (laughs) at my list of quests and trying to um, just mentally map where each quest line was. It's like, okay, I have the Varix upgrade quest. I have the... Quests from the crow, the Wrathborn hunt. Yeah. And we have the beyond, or the something beyond darkness or something with the exo stranger. Mm hmm. It's a lot. It just splintered yeah, I, into these different different areas. Kind of cool. I was going to say, um, and this usually happens when a first DLC drops, but. I am in official overwhelmed mode. <laughs> Completely <Yeah>. overwhelmed. <laughs> a little bit not sure which one to follow. You and I actually uh, talked about it on the way into work about what should we focus on? Should we focus on the Wrathborn because that's seasonal and it's going away? Or should we focus on, like, I haven't even finished unlocking. Like I well, you, you get to choose. It's not linear. You, um, I think they they want you to just kind of decide what you're most interested in. For me, right. I'm most interested in unlocking stasis all the way. Mm-hmm. So That's kind of where I am. I, I want to at least get my stasis all the way opens. Like they're talking about, and we'll we'll get into it as we go over the twa. But they talked about nerfing a grenade that I haven't even unlocked. <laughs> Um, Funny Bone, what have you been up to? Have you played any Destiny since last week? I did. I actually finished the main campaign last night. Um, Oh, cool. So I was was very excited about that. I got sidetracked. Is that killing Aramis? Does that constitute finishing the... That's that's what I would classify it as. And and I'm in the same boat. Actually, 
freshly in the same boat as what y'all were just saying mm. where you know i i finished that fight with aramis and then i got all the quests lining up and uh i'm sort of deciding what to do next nice um, but i did um i just gotta say uh before i finished that quest i was on my way there and i organically discovered a lost sector um and i just love the lost sectors on europa they are cool mm. me too i really do yeah they definitely designed them to be just very re replayable like it doesn't feel like for me yet a chore going through them and i love that they have kind of made them they have they've opened up that legendary lost sector so they're adding not that it would be anything that I would probably be able to do, or maybe as end. Yeah, I mean, for me. I'm, I'm sure you did some with Season of the Worthy, right? When they had uh, the EDZ. I, I remember when those came out, and it, definitely when I tried them at the very beginning of the season, I did not have much luck and did not enjoy it. But I can see how other people have like burned through the content and have already gotten up to a high highlight level. It's given them some ungame end game and some things to chase so i feel like they've got a really nice balance right now of giving the casual players almost an overwhelming <laughs> amount of content but also having end game content for those other people who are just mm. pushing and through one last Not only that, on but that. Also, yeah oh damn Oh, just going to say also for the solo players, um, a little extra incentive because they've tried to push doing like dungeons solo, but the incentives for that, the rewards haven't been where they're at right now. It hasn't been like get the new exotic, Have get a chance for the new exotic. I think that that's a really good, um, I think it's a really good uh, idea. Bungie, good job. Um, also how they tied the lore into these lost sectors uh, was so cool. It just made it, I, I don't know, doing it alongside with the story, it just felt so, um, it was so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the comments I'm hearing this morning from from you guys is are... Uh, reflective of I don't I don't go into Reddit, but I listen to a lot of I listen to a couple podcasts and I watch uh, YouTube content and some Twitch comp content and um, so I'm getting Reddit indirectly from those sources and it seems like the consensus is the narrative is just uh, the best it's ever been uh, and the way it, uh, what you just said, Funny Bone, with it just being weaved into all aspects and all activities and we're going to get into in our um touch of grimoire today uh sally bug's going to explore uh yet another uh little integration into uh what we're doing not just in beyond light but more specifically season of the hunt uh with our buddy the crow and um i gotta say the highlight this week for me was was a, once again playing with uh c3po uh we she, she it's our granddaughter uh and she, she wanted to play gambit and she would not let us stop playing with her until we won a game 
which and we were like exhausted. We were like, <laughs> and she was just so cute. She kept running through that portal as soon as it would open. And then when the heavy would come up, I'd go to get it, and she's right there stealing it from me. <laughs> but um, one of the coolest things about playing with her this past time was I noticed she's gotten to know the game well enough now and gotten to that point. And there's something about Destiny that that brings out the, the inner game developer in everyone. <laughs> and she starts making suggestions like, what if they did this instead? And I'm like, man, oh, man, she's going to be ready for this podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> But that was a highlight of my week, uh, playing that and also unlocking the the Wrathborn hunts, which is the season specific content, which I haven't done yet. But I, I definitely it was actually a pain in, in in the butt to be in the middle of a gambit match, and I, I had achieved a fully charged lure. That's the artifact you get in the season of the hunt. And for those of you who haven't done it yet, anyway, it charged up and then it. They have this splash screen, so I can't see what I'm doing. And it's a tutorial telling me to go in and do this. And, and so I had to go into the little cave area in the, uh, I think it's the Fallen one. Uh, I forget which map it is. Anyway, I went into the little cave area. I'm getting killed while I'm doing it. And Sally Bug, you had to do the same thing because we're yeah, we're... it happened to me as well. Yeah, it, um, it, was, it was it was frustrating. It's like why couldn't they do that like after you finished the actual? Ah, uh, yeah, it was game, a bit of a pain, but, but it was, I'm it was looking pain, forward to but... it. I'm looking forward to doing that, doing a Wrathborn hunt. Yeah, seeing... we thought we thought about doing it last night, but our our energy level was just a little too low to. Mm-hmm. But the, but the overall thing, there's a lot of belly aching going on about the loot pool and the way they're sunsetting, I guess, seems uh, for a lot of players a lot harsher than they were led to believe it would be. Um, and a lot of praise with the story and the narrative. And overall, people love Beyond Light, I think. And I think it's... The way I see it is... It's a big yeah, success. I'm glad that it's overall positive. The way I see it yeah. about the sunsetting is, um, and other um, content creators have pointed this out, is that Beyond Light was instead of Destiny Three. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is a continuation of Destiny Two, but it's in lieu of Destiny Three. And if we were going to go into Destiny Three, it would have been like the transition from Destiny One to Destiny Two, where they mm-hmm. said all your loot is gone; it's staying in Destiny One, and you're starting from scratch. And that's right. really similar in a similar place where we are now, where it's like the loot is going to feel scarce at first because they're building from scratch again. We're kind of it's a new beginning. So right. we kind of have you have to I mean, I'm glad that they also are responding to um, to that feedback so quickly as they went over in the TWAB. But this I, I, I have that, to say, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that the loop for me, for from a casual perspective, has been a fine, it's been a steady flow, especially if you um, are willing to use a few blue weapons. Right. Mm-hmm. I've had Along no problems way. myself. Like, I'm just, I have fun, you know, when I, and I do this every time I'm in the leveling thing, I just put on whatever weapon is the highest light and just use that. And, yep enjoy it for for a period of time 
I, um, what I was going to say though, is it is interesting. I th- I feel like this is the first time I've seen Bungie respond. Oh so my goodness. Quickly Very quick. Feedback. Like yeah. there's across the spectrum too. Yeah. Amazing. It's was, amazing. They knew there was going to be bugs and it's almost like they just had their team at the ready for when things started to crop up and it's like, okay, this cropped up. How, what are we going to do about it? And then responded like within days, like two or three That's days. That's what they said the they were, gone. they would be able to do with this new system they were putting in. It's not a new engine, but it was like a, a update to the current engine. Right. Right. And, um, and the stuff they do with the server as well. I guess we had to see it to believe it. Yeah. Because this was unbelievable. A, their ha- fastest response. I mean, we were all, and, we were biting our nails like, oh, they're not going to be able to do Worlds First uh, by Saturday with, with the Warlock uh, super broken like it is. And they fixed it. <laughs> it came out with an update and fixed that and tweaked. With her. Tweaked uh, stasis for the uh, crucible. It's amazing. Yeah, wither hordes they fixed back stasis. already. Yeah, wither I was hordes back already. It's just I, let's admit it. We were all worried. We were all worried when they were dis- disabling everything left and right. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you'd wake up the next day. Oh, this is disabled. Oh no! <laughs> and then they fixed pretty much all of it, like all the major yeah. things. Anyway, that was so impressive. Yeah. That was super impressive. So impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to to the team over there. They're really hitting it, uh, doing they're doing well. It. Yeah, they're doing doing well so far. Right, with that. so we're we're seeing we're seeing kind of firsthand how these updates that these like um, behind the scenes updates really have helped them be able to be on top of those. I will say, Beyond Light and Europa in general also just feels like a next gen game. Oh, absolutely! Absolutely. I'm not playing it on a next-gen system. Do you, have you? Have you? Has anybody noticed that the the load times are a little snappier too? Oh, they're yeah. so much faster. Uh, C3PO was talking about that. She yeah. was so excited. It yeah, it's really nice. I I just I want to play Destiny I again, it's like actually, I haven't in the past. So it's actually a little bit. Like to the point, uh, it's too I fast. To, uh, this is no such fast. thing as too and fast. One, one, no, oh, yeah, because you're used to all your breaks that you take while it's loading. Yeah, not only that, I used to like have those transition <laughs> times be the time that I would like stand up and just like move around a little bit just to get myself like not being sitting on the couch. And it's like, man, I'm like sitting back down, yeah. I've barely got a chance to uh, I'm get go- up and walk around. I'm loading in to a control match i guess i'll go feed the cats <laughs> you know you can't you can't do that anymore <laughs> right now you get back and you're booted out <laughs> oh man well that's cool should we uh, tra- uh i wanted to i wanted to ask uh funny bone if your if the expo xbox series x has arrived yet because i'd, I'd oh, like to hear yes. It, it has not, unfortunately. Okay. I think um, Microsoft is just completely backlogged. Um, but yeah. my order is still pending, uh, so I'm in the queue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and- keep looking at... I, I check pretty much every day 
on whether they're they're what? available and they are not <laughs> you and many other people <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's yeah, f f5 city i think it's a logistics thing i i i bet they're getting uh you know shipments by the thousands daily and it's just where my spot in queue is where people are in the yeah because i know yeah. that all the time just randomly walmart will be like we have more ps5s and then they'll sell out and so they're i think that's what gideon said it's just they're shipping them out but they're just yeah selling them out so yeah, um, yeah shipping out and selling out almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm sure. I'm sure they're doing the best they can to try to be available for the Christmas season. Because yeah, there are going to be parents looking to get that, and the Black Friday is probably still a thing, sort of. Anyway, well, that was one of my primary that. motivations. I was thinking, you know, if I can't if I can't secure one in the next day or two probably won't be able to get one until q1 next year mm -hmm. right and that i mean for me that's okay because i wasn't actually thinking of getting one immediately anyway but now no. now i i won't need I one around the internet though it is um it is very nice playing destiny on the new system well i bet 60 fps is gonna look like butter for us i mean it's gonna be amazing uh, for us, 30 FPS for six years now, right? Yeah, they are really yeah. encroaching on that gap between the PC and the consoles with this new generation. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, having this discussion generation. with one of my students yesterday about how um, Microsoft does seem to have this sort of uh, advantage in that they own Windows and the Xbox, and I think it's going to... I think it's going cross-platform, cross, you know, and but I think Sony's going to have to get in on that uh, to compete yeah. and be. So I think in the future, next three or four years, we're going to see cross-platform multiplayer games, which is good. That'll be fun. Um, so should we transition on over uh, to the... Um, the twab so to speak sure. do it let's let's see what the twab looks like this week at bungie um let's call it up and uh, the first thing they say is uh welcome to the twab of yon light uh the crow has found a new nest got a bit to cover today so we won't spend too much time on introductions and the, they kick off with the uh emolent i don't know how to pronounce that emolent Part one Emolent. and part two. The Immolent okay. part one and Can part I two. Can I interrupt you here? No. Has anyone read the read the Immolent? Yes, I read read it in full. Part one and part oh, two. Oh no. Fantastic. <laughs> it's so devastating. Have it, Is it lore? It, it's yes. lore. It's web lore. It's, it's there again, they're just knocking it out of the park. The the their <laughs> storyline the and the telling the story. It's, They're firing it's on all cylinders. And it's heartbreaking <laughs> and emotional. And oh, it's just, it's so engaging. I have not the read it yet. The complaint is that they couldn't, they didn't, they weren't able to make a full cinematic for it. But they came pretty right. close with the writing. Yeah. Um. Who was telling me, Sally Bug, was that you telling me that there's, 
you can get a little bit of dialogue after you unlock the Wrathborn hunts. Yes, you can get a little bit of almost like a, I feel like a maybe a synopsis of what happened in that in the story if you go down into Savala's office and interact with the console. Yeah. So I have not done it myself, but I, that has um, that was in I think Twitter. I got the I and and then after she read it on the internet, so it must be true. I read it that's got to be true. Yep. Uh, so then there's true. Uh, another lore. Boy, they are proud of their lore as well. They should be. Uh, they they have a link to two drink minimum, which. As it happens, I believe will be featured today on Sally Bug's little touch of grimoire later on. Correct? Yes. Awesome. Uh, so the Wrathborn hunts have begun. Uh, the Deepstone Crypt raid launches today. So after this podcast, we've got to do some adulting and uh, get in as much as we can before we come back in and watch Datto be world's first. Datto's going to be the oh, world's first this mm-hmm. year. I don't know about that. We'll yeah, see. He's been working really he's hard. He's always a bridesmaid. We'll see. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's married now, so. He's married now. He's not... Yeah. That totally makes a difference. That's actually more of a distraction, actually. I don't think so. Now he has somebody that can bring him food while he's raiding, so. (laughs) Oh, my God. How do you know she's not going to be raiding? Yeah, she might be actually on his raid team for all we know. Richard O'Neill in the chat says Redeem is going to take it, and I believe that it would not be their first title if they were to take it. Is that baloney or Maybe, maybe he's biased towards the UK raid teams. No, it's not. I don't a think UK Redeem. Raid team. Oh, there, there are some UK folks on Redeem. I just don't know if they're oh, going to yeah, be on the raid are, team. Actually, I think it's an international clan. Okay. Redeem is is that Glads? That is. Is yeah. that Glads? That's yeah. Glads. It is. And um, they do have a very good shot at winning again. Are there oh, betting are, odds? So. I would say Richard O'Neill. <laughs> I'm thinking is Richard not O'Neill. Out of line. I think Richard O'Neill uh, is probably uh, thinking about betting. Do you think he's got some? Do you think there's some wager going on over there? Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Redeem. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. He's not out of line with that. With that. It's kind of like they're the New York Yankees, right? Yes. I don't know if the New York Yankees are still good, but <laughs> uh, no, they're not. So uh... well, it's kind of like the New York Yankees from the '90s and 2000s, <laughs> the early aughts. <laughs> no, okay, redeem, redeem is definitely one of the top contenders. There's no doubt about it. So yeah. Um. Anyway, this week at Bungie, for me, and of course, we're, I am pulling for Datto because he hasn't hasn't had one yet. But uh, I'm also pulling for like an unknown. Like I'm just hoping that like an Aztec Cross or some other. Well, Aztec Cross wouldn't be an unknown, though he is. Well, no, he's not an unknown, but he's ne- like he he's never had a a raid team where it'd be fun if a completely unknown little clan. You know, from minions of Mortimer, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
Um, I'm, I'm at 217. I'm at, I'm at, yeah, I'm at, uh, 2017. So what do you have to be? 2003? I'm sorry. 1200. 1200. 1200. Yeah. I'm at, at, I'm at 1213. You have to be at 1230, right? 1230 to reap the maximum benefits by the time you scale up to the final encounter. Well, and they also, they don't count your artifact either. So we're probably even lower. I think you need to be 1250 with artifact power. Mm. So that you're 1230 without. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, Also. The cap is at 1230. So you can't actually, it doesn't matter if you're higher. (laughs) Yes. I just, I'm playing in the background. I don't have the sound up, but I'm playing the uh, world's first trailer. Yeah. Uh, My favorite part of that was the cat butt in the face, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, that was (laughs) funny. That was was awesome. (laughs) Uh, World first verification timeline. Oh, it's going to be fun. I might have to make some popcorn for for this one. Absolutely. They don't want you to call it a belt. Uh, what was this? Bungie tweeted out something yesterday. This is just here, neither here nor there. But they said something about welcoming all the new light players. And somebody tweeted tweeted back, um, Bungie, please refer to new light players as kindergartians from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, very apt. Um, securing the entrance... Oh, they're talking a little bit about their security measures. They're letting people know that they are trying their best to thwart cheating, both in PvE and PvP. SMS verification now with PC players. I think that'll cut down the cheaters uh, by a huge portion. Well, they said it did really... It it helped with um, Call of Duty. Um, So. I'm hoping for the best because that that really does ruin everything. Um, tuning the darkness. Oh, so here's where they get into the changes. And again, I can't really relate to these. I wish uh, Richard O'Neill would come into voice chat one of these days and let us know what's going on in the game because he's probably. <laughs> <laughs> what is this game Richard yeah because he he plays a lot more than we do and we're always like lagging two or three weeks behind uh him and his posse over there right, across they the talk pond about changes and we're like changes what are like, they talking what changes about? I haven't even gotten that grenade yet <laughs> so we don't know what the heck they're talking about half the time but um no we do by proxy because we do uh listen uh, to the content creators and what they're talking about. Uh, so stasis changes here. Stasis breakout. Dungeon. Everything's been nerfed uh, for the warlock. It looks like uh, stasis warlock melee speed reduced uh, range reduced. Um, the winter wrath super duration reduced and not just a little bit, not a tweak. You know, they, these are not light changes. 30 seconds to 24 seconds. I'm thinking, wow, that's going to make some difference. Um, the light attack, uh, uh, oh, the cost is reduced. So that's actually a little buff right here. So they do a little bit of a, you know, a cost reduction, but hardly any. A tiny buff. Yeah, 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 a tiny buff. And a buff. Huge <laughs> maybe, nerf. <laughs> maybe they said, can we put something in so they don't cry 
too long. Uh, 0.5%. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the cold snap seeker speed reduced by 23%. Uh, yeah, I don't have that. So I wouldn't be able to notice. notice so that I more. haven't done my warlock stasis at all. So all of this, I'm just basically like, yeah. okay, it was always like this. Well, I'm somebody pretend. Yeah. I don't, I'm not missing out on anything. So, I actually went into that fight with Aramis right after these nerfs kicked in, and it was definitely noticeable, at least on PvE. Were you solo? I was solo. And you were able to beat Aramis after these nerfs? Yes. Uh, I mean, they weren't so bad that, that, you know, you can't compete, at least in PvE, but they were definitely noticeable Did you have- um, compared to, like, the earlier quests before the nerfs when I was using stasis. What power were you uh, when you when you got to Aramis? Twelve, roughly six, twelve, seven. Wow, so that, oh, that's pretty high power. That that must have been uh, fun. It must have been challenging. I'm thinking. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I really loved it. Cool. Um, uh, that was stasis changes against guardians. What does that mean? PvP. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. cold snap freeze duration lowered. 4.75 seconds to 1.35. That is that's not a light touch there. That's that's heavy-handed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I, there was a large outcry for these changes though. I don't I, think anyone is upset about the PVP changes including warlocks. Yeah. Right. That, I was that watching the clips on duration Reddit. was just too I mean, think about it. 4 seconds is like a huge amount of time. It was just a minor You're done. Right. Instant kill. Right. Exactly. It's instant kill. So honestly, one point three five seconds is still your part. You're pretty much dead. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there aren't there guns that definitely can kill you. Like if you get all the criticals in that amount of time. Oh yeah. Way faster. TK. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's. St- I mean, it's still like it's. It's a nerf, but it's still going to do... It's still going to put you at an advantage, for sure. Right. Uh, penumbral Blast, freeze duration they, lower. They had to nerf... Oh, go ahead, Stego. They had to nerf um, Void Walker, right? For the um, the Nova Warp. I think that... Yes. Somebody in the design team tends to get a little carried away with the... Um, roaming supers they I, they sometimes. give an explanation they said they'd rather ship it hot than cold yeah that's true right. and that's i think that, and, and I, I think that's a good explanation i, I think that's fair and, they and were... i doubt that the um the that it feels weak after a nerf i don't ever feel like underpowered i still feel like a super powerful for most things it's easier to scale back than to scale up and i yeah. heard i heard somebody say better for them to do all this now before everybody masterworks and gets their build with the warlock way up, you know, and spends yeah, all that yeah, currency yeah, right. and investment in it. Um, so better to rip the bandaid off now than, <laughs> than, than a month from now. Right. So I think good timing on the, the nerf. I'm just amazed at how quickly Bungie's able to do all this stuff. Uh, the heavy attack no longer affects players who are not encased. So these these were uh, big complaints I remember hearing about in in PvP. All that said, we believe strongly in the Cosmic Ice Wizard fantasy and PvE, so we're trying to target changes. And they are doing things differently in PvE. 
PvE versus PvP, which they can't. They've shown they can do that, and I think that's appropriate for for. I I, I know they don't like to do it, but I think it's appropriate here to try to separate how things work in both environments. Um, what else do we have? They talk about the loot thing and they're addressing uh, people's concerns that um, they, they sunset all the old stuff. It is definitely nerfed. Uh, your 1050 stuff is nerfed in playlist strikes is my understanding. Well, they said that was a, that was a mistake. Oh, okay. They're going to fix that for the November 24th update, I believe. They're going to bring strikes back down to 1050. They did not mean to. They didn't mean to do that. Okay, well, that's good news. I didn't, I didn't catch that from this. I just glanced over it, but it, a list of adjustments uh, to the World Loot Legendary Weapons Pool you'll see with our November 24th hotfix, which you just mentioned. Remove all legendary weapons that hit their infusion cap at the end of this season. Thank you. I like that. Uh, add all of the seven Seraph weapons from Season 10. Very good. That's that's going to contribute to the pool. Now, does that mean that the seven Seraph weapons will come in with an updated uh, cap? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Okay. I would assume so because they they got capped out before. Yeah. Yeah, they they so reached they, their infusion cap at the end of the season. Is that that's yeah. not going to grandfather old weapons though? It'll just be for no, fresh. I, I don't no, it doesn't unfortunately, and I hate that personally. Uh, oh, especially if, especially if I especially if I master worked it, it's like it, yeah. at least give me my materials back or something. You know, I do like the fact though that they um, have you get taken some materials the... back from dismantling some. <laughs> I, think, I think it's a fine way to keep. I I don't I don't have any complaints about them making me re-earn old loot if I want to play it, use it in a competitive way. Right. I say, in all honesty, but I'd I s- rather have that happen and say, okay, yeah, we're going to bring back some of your favorites that you can like dabble with, but I'd rather put my focus on the new stuff and, and give it a go and try I, it. I hear you, but my problem with it is it takes me so long to get to the point where I finally get a decent role that I'm... I can then masterwork, and both of those things take me to a point where this bothers me that I I can't use my old bad omens that I got a great you know tracking and masterworked, and now. But there, it's going to be good for a year. You can put. Those well, that, what I'm saying is, it takes it. me a year to get to that point. <laughs> Weapons because I don't play enough. They have made enhancement cores easier to get. So that's true. That okay, that that, that, that is that is true. true. That is true. So we'll see how it goes. And I, it's not like a big complaint of mine, but it, it annoys me a little bit. <laughs> um, at all of the season, but, uh, I feel like it. I feel like it was a, a definitely a smart move to get the weapons that are sunsetting after this season out of that loot pool definitely that just doesn't make sense i that is a thank you very much drop and and then find them be obsolete in just two or three yeah that's redonkulous right um and stego do you want to what are you talking about in chat with the you don't think that the, they will extend no i don't think that they're going to extend the power level on those seventh seraph weapons why not 
You think there's st- that? What is their cap right now? Is it fourteen ten? End of next season. End of next season. Yeah. Yeah. Then if that's the case, then they probably won't. Fourteen ten was only the new beyond. Yeah, fourteen ten's like the the highest cap that you can get. Right. So it's not fourteen. No, it's it's thirteen ten. Thirteen ten. Or thirteen sixty. Oh, thirteen ten or thirteen sixty. Thirteen sixty. I could open up dim here and check, but um, tenth season. Uh, yeah, I'm just. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Thirteen ten. Thirteen. So we get, get to enjoy them for a little while. Yeah, I don't know how this sun settings. I, I'm still a little skeptical, but jury's still out. We have to wait. I have to play it some more and, and just go through it. Um, all of the season 11 seasonal and planetary reprisal weapons. Uh, they're, re, they're adding them. Okay, yeah, they're adding these. What are planetary reprisal weapons? Does anybody know what that means? I was asking you that. Richard O'Neill, if you're still in chat, what is a planetary reprisal Um, weapon? I want to say it was like weapons you could get on each planet. And then um, on last season, season 11, they they made those available through the prismatic recaster. Oh, okay. I'm not 100% sure. And I can't think of an example right now. Okay. Planetary reprisal. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll have to ask Dado. Um, <laughs> weight drop chance. Weight drop chances. So the newer an item is, the more likely it is to drop. So you get your arsenal up quickly. Quickly. That's good. This is my favorite change. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. Because it, that, it's exactly what I was saying before. I'd rather put my focus on the newer on stuff. On the new stuff, and, and right. And give it, give it a go and yeah. see if I like it. And you know, I used I to... I want to Im- move on. I want to evolve. I don't want to like right. just constantly keep going back to that same old... And I've been doing that. I noticed like, when I'm watching other people, they're still like pulling out the falling guillotine. And I was like... I don't want to use that weapon anymore. I used it so much last season. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Right. I just People want to move keep, on. Uh, saying, I think 25 weapons were, are, are in the loophole right now. And for me, I'm like, that seems like a good number to start with and then slowly build from there. Cause I, but just that's because of the amount I play. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could keep track of more than. Right. Uh, uh, us casuals. This is a, <laughs> like, I don't think I've even, discovered all of those 25 yet for sure no, i have it and so for me it's like a perfect amount of loot but i can i can see how for someone who plays a lot but again we're the pair of casual destiny podcast we're talking about from a casual's point of view we didn't need this change at all yeah. <laughs> i do agree and it's not like with that's the, the only loot that's in the game there's still loot in the raids so it's not like there's only Which 25. Which we probably won't right. do until next season because yeah. we usually don't I do agree for a while. Um, with the point that there should be um, blue rare- rarity bows and machine guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's machine- actually something I was yeah. – and this was the only thing that I've been disturbed by is that – Part of the way I level up and do the content is I'll go down and I'll get the gunsmith bounties or I'll get the Vanguard bounties. 
or gambit bounties if I'm going to do those activities. And they give me bounties that say get kills with machine guns or get kills with uh, auto rifles. And I don't have any of those that are viable right now in higher level content like in a strike you have to have 1100 yeah again that was a mistake uh, that was was a mistake right Right. but it would be nice to have some new choices blue power sure sure exactly right Right. exactly so not deleting those because you're you kind of need them because right but auto rifles i haven't had a problem finding i have plenty of blue auto rifles that i've been keeping like if it's 1200 or above i'm like i'll keep that until i get so that i can throw it on if i have an auto rifle bounty right and machine gun as well i've had that happen with machine gun like because I don't have any of the well, actually, what I, machine guns. You could get them. I guess on I could... a 1050 machine gun. This, I did get that one, and I put on my old 1050 machine gun, but had higher power, everything else. And mm-hmm. as long as you're staying in patrol, you can't go into, like, higher-level activities that way, but right, right. you can still right, get them in right. patrol on Europa. Yeah. So there well, are ways I, around I it, but, it, again, we're nitpicking it, yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you're a season pass owner, um, you can at least backfill with armor because all the vendors are plus zero now, which is, you know, they, they definitely have a plan. And like they say at the end of this, while we're not ready to dive into the long-term strategy yet, we're listening to the feedback and watching how the player build, uh, landscape evolves over these first few weeks and beyond light and incorporating that feedback as we plan our future seasons. So that's, that's hopeful. For sure. Um, And nothing's so broken that I don't want to get back on the game right now and play. So Um, (laughs) the next section is bashing some bugs. And they're just uh, showing um, all the stuff. they're just flexing. They're flexing all the stuff that (laughs) that they're fixing. Uh, And they're talking about issues uh, that and the known issues. Uh, which I don't really feel like going through, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, let's just uh, ignore the issues and focus. Yeah, on the good we stuff. don't like issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some beautiful art uh, coming out. Um, wow! Great Always. job to the community artists. Oh yep. my goodness, the talent pool in this community is just crazy. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, there will not be a TWAB next Thursday because of Thanksgiving. As an up. Heads yep. up. Heads up. Yeah, so don't so get your hopes we may up. Not have a, are we going to have a podcast? Man, maybe we'll skip a weekend. I don't know. Maybe the people are counting on it. <laughs> <laughs> there might be an outcry. We could do a yeah, special they edition. They celebrate Thanksgiving in the UK. I, yeah. our, two, our two extra fans outside yeah. of the people who are actually in this podcast right now <laughs> are, are will be demanding it from us. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, uh, is it time for a coffee break? Is my question. Well, we don't have any more coffee, but other people oh, that, do. Do you guys need a coffee? Those are not the words point? you want to hear. No, it's not. Um, does anybody else need a little bit of a coffee break? Java boost? A little Java boost? 
I'll take a sip of coffee. Oh, this coffee has been refilled. <gasps> nice. Thank you, Daniel. I I'm did not um I did not notice it. Uh, Funny Bone, have you got coffee with you, or have you already had your coffee? Uh, I do have coffee with me. You want to talk about what you're drinking? Uh, what is it? This is uh, the New Englander special. It's just a large coffee from Dunkin' Donuts with an espresso shot in it. Is there any All cream right. and sugar? Uh, I ordered it black, and I put my own cream in at home because uh, their standard ratios um, don't bad. do it for me. They're way bad. too high. Bad. <laughs> you can yeah, say New it. Engl- New bad. Englanders <laughs> like a little bit of coffee and a cup of cream. Basically <laughs> and I guess we can is. say goodbye to that Starbucks sponsorship we were eyeing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We uh, we cut ties with them when they refused to make a stasis frappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, In product it's, testing, the uh, blue food dye didn't go over well. <laughs> so, full disclosure, I believe I'm sipping iced Starbucks espresso roast. Does it have any kind yeah, of cr- cr- dairy product no. in it? Just a little bit of unsweetened coconut creamer. And that is Cafe Olay brought to you by H-E-B. Espresso. Oh, Cafe Olay. Full disclosure, the only reason I asked Romance Girl if there were dairy product in it is I wanted to play the cow sound effect again. So, yeah. I usually go with the unsweetened coconut creamer because our local H-E-B half and half had corn syrup in it. Ew. Oh, hello. It was like, Weird. no, thank you. Um, I don't, I don't need that in my fat-free half and half. So I guess yeah. I'll just switch to this delicious unsweetened coconut creamer. Yeah, right. I just went back to just doing a splash of just your regular old-fashioned half and half. Well, that that's the thing too is I only have I put like less than a tablespoon, base most of the right. Time. Just yeah. to, just to, just, a to just ease the right to ease a little bit of the acidity from it. But, but we're Green drinking Stego a nice black. blend. We were drinking. We just finished a blend called Foggy Morning, which is so nice. That was mm. a really nice blend. Smooth. And, um, I think this one's a bistro blend with a little bit of that butter rum flavored coffee. Trying to get a little more festive. Getting into the holidays. Seasonal. Holiday seasonal. I think the holiday season. I think the holiday season is uh, going to come a little early this year. And the reason I say that is because it's 2020. You know what I'm saying? I need some comfort. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put up our, um, our Christmas decorations this Thanksgiving break. Yeah, That's probably exactly later today. What we're probably doing today, as well. actually. We already started pulling them out. Yeah. It's so. it's coming up early this year. Christmas yeah, decorations are coming to. out of the attic early but, this year. Let's face it, it needs to. <laughs> it needs it to. It needs to happen. Yeah, just We for, need a festival of lights. Yeah. Of sorts. We do. A, a festival of uh, mental health rejuvenation, for sure. Uh, and Beyond Light is contributing greatly to my mental health these days. I come home and look forward to uh, playing it, honestly, as a uh, stress reliever. So it's very good. Well done, Bungie. Um, Thank you, Bungie. Are Thank we you, Bungie. ready? Are we ready Thanks, for Bungie. our next uh, segment? 
uh, Sally Bug, which would be... Let's do it. Which would be um, uh, brought to you by the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. It's... A Touch of Grimoire with Sally Bug. Sally Bug, take it away. So, um... Outside of the emolent, which we talked about a little bit, that Bungie dropped, they also dropped another piece of lore called Two Drink Minimum. And I'm not going to read the whole Two Drink Minimum unless somebody else wants to drink drink it. <laughs> to read it. Drink it down. Drink it down. Wait, Does who's someone else like want a to? fallen uh, beverage? Elixir <laughs> beverage. Uh, so sometimes Stego likes to read the lore. So if he wants to, read are you it, asking me to read it? I'll read do, it. Do you, you want read it if to you're asking? It? It, now would be a good time to say anytime there's a bunch of um, after you finish a quest and they give you like a, a wall of dialogue. Daniel and I, or Green Stego and I, do take turns reading it out to each other using the voices oh i was doing that with my daughter and she loved it she loved me doing the zavala impression yeah (laughs) we we definitely um it just it takes us a moment to actually sink in what the dialogue is saying and uh it's fun doing the voices i'm not particularly good at the voices but it is fun doing them neither of us are good at the voices that's what makes well, it so good. Well, give it a good. shot. I want to hear your your best elixir. Oh my gosh, there's elixir in here. No, we don't do elixir. <laughs> uh, they have, they have very high pitched voices. At the end. Yeah, you just got to get the click very, down. The varix. They're click. very varied. There's varix. Sounds very different from spider. Sounds different from Aramis. All right, are you going to read the lore or not? Are you going to find time? Well, I, think, yeah. I think the captain I feel like you're has a very high-pitched point. voice. <laughs> Two drink minimum. The crowded room fell uncomfortably silent. The Elixni server placed a metal cup of liquid on the table as though issuing a challenge. Crow raised the drink and sniffed at it. If it was poisoned, it was mild. He took a swig, grimaced at the bitterness then took another. Across the room, the big elixir captain slowly brought his lower arms up to rest on the table, leaving his weapons holstered. He chucked in approval, uh, sorry, he clucked in approval, (laughs) and the tension drained from the room. The elixir who brought the drink scuttled back behind the bar, and soon the air filled once again with a series of staccato clicks and thumping that passed for music in the empty tank. Glint flitted out of Crow's hood and scanned the contents of the cup. It certainly isn't good for you, he said, but this much won't kill you. What does it taste like? Crow took another sip. Hmm, I'd say engine coolant, paraffin, and a kind of smoky chalk at the end. He stood, smiled, and raised his cup to the captain. It's terrible, he shouted over the noise of the bar. Crow, the captain barked back, his harsh voice unused to human speech. He pounded a fist against the spider insignia on his own chest piece before returning to his drink. Surprised he knew my name, Crow said to Glint as he sat back down. 
getting on my good side won't get him on spiders, but at least I get free drinks. Word about your heroics on the moon traveled quickly, Glint said. I would have killed the High Celebrant if Osiris hadn't gotten in the way, Crow grumbled. Then we'd see some real gratitude. Still, he swirled the foul drink in his cup. I saved Osiris. The Osiris, he said. He seemed pleased with himself. That ought to count for something with those guardians in the city. Is he one of their leaders? No, said Glint. Osiris's relationship with the Vanguard appears to be complicated. Why doesn't that surprise me, sighed Crow. What about that Guardian? Are they anyone important? Glint thought for a moment. The Guardian hadn't said anything yet, but if Crow was going to work alongside them, he would be one errant comment away from learning the truth, and from the worst possible person to tell him. They have several notable achievements, Glint said carefully. Well, that's something, nodded Crow. And now they've both heard of Crow. You've certainly taken to the name, Glint said, despite the noise in the bar, he kept his voice soft. Crow shrugged. I've been called worse. You really have, Glint said. He was silent for a moment. You never heard the things they said to me while I was reviving you. Crow saw the single scuffed panel of Glint's shell bulging with wires and looked away. He wiped his hands on the rough fabric of the cloak Spider had given him. They had suddenly become sweaty. It's just a name, Crow said dismissively. You told me before you'd had other names. Glint didn't move. He hung in the air above the table. Not like this. Crow leaned forward. I don't understand, he said. He gave Glint a gentle nudge. Explain it to me, please. Glint tensed in the air, then acquiesced and hovered closer to Crow. His voice was soft and kind. I never truly had a name, he said. There were things people called me, but you named me. So when I hear Glint, I think of you. Crow nodded, then realized what Glint was about to say next. His face twisted in anguish. I didn't get to name you, Glint said. Baron Spider did. Oh, Glint. Crow blurted and reached out with both hands as if he could smother the very idea inside the little ghost. Glint blinked rapidly in confusion. Crow cupped Glint in his hands and exhaled, long and slow. Glint, he said calmly. The ghost cocked his head. Spider picked my name, yes. It's probably a jab at who I used to be, some cruel little joke. Maybe I was eaten by crows. Glint started to speak, but Crow held up his hand. I know you can't tell me, but I don't think he meant it as some grand compliment. Crow looked down, his voice low. When you came along, I was dead. Before that, I think I was even worse. Then you found me, chose me, and early on... Crow took an agonizing sip of his drink and was grateful when it made his eyes water. It was hard. I wouldn't have made it through that without you, and I don't mean because you kept bringing me back to life. Crow spread his hands wide above the grimy table. To me, all of this, this place, this cloak, this terrible drink, is because of you. You're the reason I'm here, Glint. I don't need a name to remind me of that. Glint's eyes flashed rapidly as he processed the new information, then glowed steadily. 
I understand, he said. A crash shook the walls of the empty tank. The blast doors at the entrance tore loose from their housing and a massive Cabal Centurion stormed into the bar, weapon drawn, severed a lynx's knee heads hanging from his waist as bounties. Where is the crow? he bellowed. Right here, shouted Glint, and Crow stood, pushing his chair away. After the smoke cleared, the Elixni captain clucked again and waved, making the universal gesture. Another drink for him, on me. <laughs> wow, that was intense. So, <clears throat> what I love about this story, and it's just a, kind of a, a shorter story. I mean, I know it's pretty long, but it's a shorter story compared to, like, the Imolent lore Mm -hmm. um but what i love about it is it has totally turned the tides on how um on the previous character of aldrin and turned him into crow and turned him into somebody that you're rooting for and want to um be a part of right you want to protect him you want to be a part of his story and storyline. You see that humanity in him, the way he's talking to his ghost and Glint. And it's, it's touching. Yeah. I think uh, Richard in chat says it all when he says crow for Hunter Vanguard. I agree. I agree. agree. Because this little bit of lore also showed that he is a total badass. you know, kind of like Cade. Different personality, but definitely not afraid to to use the gun. Classic and doing badass a with a heart of gold. A badass <laughs> with a heart of gold. Exactly. <laughs> and doing a little research um, and and reading some some Reddit posts on Crow prior to his kind of demise in the Black Garden and so forth he actually did have a pretty loyal following and the people who worked under him when he was working in the reef mm. under Mars. Aldrin Sob, you're saying? Yeah, when yeah. he was Aldrin, was... Prince Aldrin. He, he, had, he had a pretty loyal following, his crows were very oh. loyal and said things that were very um were and that's why he's complimentary named crow today and that's why yeah mm. he's named crow because that was like his kind of army were, were, were his called. club i read his club i remember his reading army. an interview with uh the voice actor who does who did prince aldrin back in the day and he taught. He alluded to uh, his earliest voiceovers were for a character called the Crow, and this is going back to like before Destiny One was released. So the Crow is a character that was in the Destiny storyline uh, before he sort of became Prince Aldrin, uh, before things this got mixed yet, up. Yeah, this is yet another piece that shows that destiny and Bungie is really trying to tell the story that they were initially the original story i think we're coming full beginning. circle with the with the yeah, stranger at the very least they're digging into old treasure troves for inspiration or, or tying it in tying it yeah, in, right. like with the with the exo stranger uh for and sure europa 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and Europa was part of the original storyline uh, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was mentioned Absolutely. in some leaks. Right. Really interesting stuff. So, I love how Bungie just figured out a way to say, okay, we had this corrupted character kill Cade, um, who we all were very attached to and somehow like we were all saying there's no way i'm just gonna kill him i'm gonna kill him over and over again and they make they actually allude to that even in this story and yes i think there was another piece of lore and i can't remember is that in the letter did you guys get that message in your postmaster yes i read that in that letter in the postmaster where osiris says killing him over and over again isn't gonna do you any good especially right? because we it's pretty much a given that we were the ones to kill him in the first place or right. was it petra right well th they have alluded it to it being us like, okay osiris in yeah, that letter says have. you already you already killed him once mm, yeah right? Yeah, going up and killing him over and over again is. We're just, at the very least being held responsible for it, right? So, um, I, I, they, they, there is a theory. And... Yeah, there's a theory that um, ghosts of the light uh, look to revive um, beings who are willing to die for a cause, mm. uh, who had died in a um, in a sacrificial way. Right. And Aldrin Sov, you some could say, did fill that Absolutely. criteria. Do you think we'll ever learn who we were? I wonder. I doubt oh, it. Oh, that's an interesting question. I doubt it too. But mm. that would be another interesting because we we see how evil we're making Clovis Bray out to be and the whole exo experiments with erasing memories yeah to yeah. make super right. soldiers but is the right. traveler not doing the same thing traveler's doing the same thing all right they're right. definitely Ooh. trying to draw a parallel it's, it's going you know. to come up there's only one person yeah. who knows who we once were and that is peter dinklage <laughs> <laughs> for ghosts, sure and do the ghosts when they scan you know who you were before and they just have like the traveler's oath and don't tell you <laughs> the well, traveler's oath oh that's so, genius i mean it, even yeah, in, in this piece of lore it's it's um it's definitely alluded that he knows but well, that's but only because everybody knows so that's, that's a different case because you know? everyone right oh sorry Gideon. right yeah i was just but, saying it's because aldrin Sob was so infamous mm-hmm Yes. But yeah, I, I think I'm that wondering... any ghost would have known who Aldrin Sov, the infamous Aldrin Sov was. Right. So when when ghosts go around and they're scanning, when they scan you, do they know what your past is or do they just have this sense? That's the of question I just asked. Her heroics. <laughs> I'm I'm just stating it in um, a different I think, way. To say I, think it's all, I think it's do all. Do they know what our past is or do they just know that we have a certain characteristic? Yeah. That, I think that it's was certain it, characteristic. what I was asking. It makes us yeah. I think it would probably be vague characters. I'm going to say yeah. it's the past. I, I think, don't think they know who. I think there are. is some lore on that subject of how they choose, if I recall. Uh, probably hearing it from 
um, you know, focus fire chat or one of those podcasts. Um, yeah. Yeah. The lore is um, very expansive, so it's hard to keep track of every detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Sally Bug, for bringing that piece to us. Um, are we ready for our final segment today? Absolutely. I think so. All right. Uh, those of you who follow the uh, Paracasual Destiny podcast will know our final segment involves... Destiny Soundcheck. And today's soundcheck was inspired by another podcast that we know and love. And that is uh, Ebontis and Lord Cognito's famous Last Word podcast that they do. And uh, their most recent episode, I believe it was episode 128, featured uh, none other than the great and mighty Sky Lewin, who is, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Uh, uh, second in command, maybe o- second only to Michael Salvatore. Maybe they're equals by now in the world of Destiny soundtrack uh, and sound creation. Uh, he is. Uh, this comes from Lynda.com. Uh, Sky Lewin's Emmy-nominated work appears in video games, TV, and films such as Fargo and Entourage. Has anybody here seen Entourage? No. No? It's the HBO series? I have not seen it because I don't have HBO. But um, he is what a... Com- Richard O'Neill? He's, he... Richard O'Neill, I wonder if he's seen Entourage. He... he. I don't think he has HBO. No, he doesn't. I have HBO, but I choose... But he might have it on DVD because he's it got a vast DVD. It doesn't have superheroes in it, so I doubt it. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come now. Come now. It's, we're near the holidays. We have to be nice. He is a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, back to Sky Lewin, he's a composer, songwriter, producer, instrumentalist, music editor, and co-founder of the record label, label and music production company Sound Chemistry. His work appears in video games, television shows, and films such as Destiny, Fargo, Banshee, CSI Miami, and Entourage. He's received three Golden Reel Awards and four uh, Primetime Emmy nominations. Um, I know that uh, at least Lord Cognito from from the Last Word podcast has consistently uh, lobbied for Bungie to win a sound a video game sound award and I it's my understanding they've been nominated but haven't really taken the trophy away yet which is really surprising because I feel they deserve it um, I think if there were you know more uh, for films there's a ton of different awards to be shelled out for video games there's really only a couple organizations who are handing out these awards so it's a little limited right now yeah so i'd like to getting bigger every time sure yes and i agree that they are more than deserving absolutely so i'm going to play a little bit of the interview in which sky talks um about the two different modes of music composition uh for destiny 2 uh and and video games in general but there's the sort of the what he describes as the uh mario theme parts where you're it's the actual act uh main campaign music that's driving a specific activity and then the sort of background patrol uh, geographic location background music and the transitions between the two. Let's, let's have a listen. Well, I mean, there's, 
there is an aspect of that, you know, like the the activity, the campaign activities have more of that Mario Brothers sort of feel where it is a start to finish thing, but there there can be hybrids where it's a little bit of free roam in moments or you hit a certain spot and you could go off and get sidetracked doing something else and then come back to your your goal. And um, being able to support all that is kind of part of that dynamic nature of games that I was talking about. But yeah, I guess without getting too into the details that i shouldn't talk about I think that, <laughs> we don't want to get you yeah, I was like, only safe only safe stuff yeah for sure yeah. there's music <laughs> good answer uh, i like no, fair like, enough <laughs> for real though like yeah it's each destination will score with what we will call a palette internally we'll we'll say okay this this destination needs to convey these things we want to make sure these emotions and this feel is in the score or, or comes across to the player. And so the score is is built with that in mind for a destination, but then there are activities that happen in the destination that may deviate from that. And so we have to plan for those things and score those things. And then getting from one to the other in a musical way that transitions and doesn't sound bad is part of it. Um, and, and I guess the best way to put it is like, yeah, there are kind of like two different, at least two different approaches to how we would play music and, and one of them is you're out in the world you're doing you know something in free roam and the other is it's a you know campaign and it's a very linear um in a non-linear way activity um and so within those two we have several ways of approaching it and, and probably won't get into that in too much detail but hopefully that answers your question at least that's fine actually um you actually answered about two parts of the two different questions i was gonna ask you which is cool which one was um you know, hearing you, Michael, and the team always reference like the Destiny Gravy. Okay, so I'm going to encourage everybody to um, listen to the podcast. Uh, it's episode 128 of The Last Word, and we'll link it in the description uh, because he continues on. And he's at the beginning because he has to leave. So it's at the front end of the podcast. And he, I don't know, I think he's only there for like the first half hour of it um and what he was talking about just now i know you guys can't hear it is um the the free roam ambient playlist that they compose for versus what he called a, a script call that when you get near something or you get engaged in a specific activity they've scored music specifically for that and the, how the timing of it works and uh just in general, composing music for video games is very non-linear at times, and uh, it's a it's it's tough to sometimes you have to have appropriate transitions, um, and even times where there is no soundtrack, too. So once once again, it just a eye a little bird's eye peek at how complicated video games actually are you almost take it for granted when you're just driving and your sparrow through an environment and then a public event starts and the music just changes and you don't realize it really but it happens and it gets you engaged like to have like that music is part of the gauge engaging experience and it happens organically and they do an amazing job at it yeah um, Another aspect of that is when they make the decisions to cut the music altogether. Mm -hmm. 
um when i was playing a story mission and my daughter commented on it she was like oh it's so creepy how it just went silent all of a sudden yeah right yep yeah knowing when to play and when not to play something is the music for these missions have been so amazing yeah yeah these these guys are heroes of mine every time i turn and i after towards the end of the season when i've heard gotten a good dose of the soundtrack and if i'm doing something routine i will uh turn the music down and put on a spotify playlist but i'm still uh, beyond light i cannot i don't know if i'm going to be able to bring myself to doing that because i'm enjoying yeah, no, the soundtrack i'm enjoying the soundtrack so much it yeah is not so for a while yeah, it takes a while for me yeah, before I do not that. For a while. Um, I remember um, feeling that when Forsaken first came out as well, and Funny Bone, you did the same thing, like just like that telltale when you'd go down to the Tangle Shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just it it it, it invokes an emotion. They just do such a great job to get to have the music give that emotional response to the area that you're in and you and sally bug you were referring to the complexity involved in in um developing and you know a video game um it's amazing to me that how we have these different forms of media now like like streaming where you can have a one-person production company that does everything, does all their music, transitions, titles, artwork, um, you know, and they're, they're live streamers. And then I know when, when the live streamers get larger, they, they take on a team. I mean, like a Dr. Disrespect, that's a whole team. Or, you know, Ninja, that's a whole team of people. That's a corporation at that point. But but for these small streamers, smaller streamers, they're one-person production companies. They get all the credit. They put their PC together to stream with. You know what I mean? They they right. learn everything. They're a jack-of-all-trades. That's a, such an amazing thing to me. And then if you beat a video game that has a story campaign and get to the credits at the end i the the assassin's creed black flag assassin's creed 3 credits went on for about 10 minutes and of course i know they're listing all the sort of uh you know production houses that they they contract out to but they're part of the video game they're part of the making of the video game and they count and the the number of people involved it eclipses the credits we would see as kids at the end of a movie, right? You know, right. It's, right. it's amazing how you have these two extremes of media, the individual streamer, one person production company uh, or content provider. Uh, and then, and then these, these triple uh, a video games that come out or even independent video games have a lot of, a lot of personnel these days. It's just amazing to me. Yeah, It's amazing. Well, that wraps up our sound check uh, for this week, and I think all of us are aching to get out into the world of uh, both both the real world and the Destiny world uh, today uh, to see what's happening with the raid race. So I think we're gonna we're about ready to sign off here. Are we gonna talk about what we've been consuming outside of Destiny? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, 
has anybody been consuming media or books or television or content that's outside of the realm of destiny lately? I um I recently did a rewatch of Rilakkuma and Karu on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's a stop go animation from Japan. Oh, and it's very cute. Very Little twelve minute episodes. Oh neat. highly recommend. Very peaceful. Ooh. I might have nice. to check that out. Sounds intriguing. It's just adorable. It's very, very cute. And mm. also just um, well done. Nice. Um, Can you say the name one more time? Rilakuma and Karu. I'll put it in okay. the chat. Yeah, put it in the chat um, so we can link to it. Uh, I got hooked on a Netflix uh, sort of... Um, crime series it's it's in the it's a documentary in the genre of uh gosh i can't remember the name of the one that came out about uh the guy who was um innocent he was sent to prison for like well i think he's still in prison but uh he was initially sent to prison and then released because they found out he was innocent of the crime and then he was put back in jail. Something murderer. Something to do making with making of a murderer. Making of, making a, murderer. of a murderer. So it's the latest yeah. in that genre. And what what got me interested in it was it took place in Boston, which we're we're about you know an hour north of Boston here. So uh, it was really interesting. It's called Trial Four, and it's on Netflix, and it's it's centered around uh, Sean Ellis, who was. Uh, accused of murdering a cop back in 1993 and uh, it's put together really well the people in it are really genuine uh, nice people and his lawyer is one of the most extraordinary characters you will see uh, on Netflix these days Um, so yeah I highly recommend it trial four Uh, check it out and uh, yeah, good. that's what I I did this past week. I, I kind of binged that during the evening hours. Funny Bone, have you been doing anything outside of Destiny? Media um, wise, changing yeah, diapers. Oh, <laughs> been changing diapers. Lots of poopy diapers. All um, right. Now I'll I'll keep it succinct. You know, there's usually a lot of stuff. I'm gonna springboard off of Romance Girls Japanese theme. And I've been listening to this album by Hiroshi Suzuki, and it's Cat. It's a Japanese jazz album from the 70s. Um, and normally I'm not into jazz. I've tried, you know, getting into like Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock, but it doesn't never really spoke to me. But there's something about this album that I find infectious. Um, Hiroshi Suzuki is a trombone player. And I think there's something unique about that. And the mm. melodies on it are just catchy. I yeah. love it. <laughs> it's funny. I recommend it enough. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because you sent us that link. And we listened to it on the car ride home yesterday. It was really great. We absolutely did. We yeah. loved it. And I've said the exact same thing. To, to Sally Bug that you just said, I'm not normally into that kind of jazz, but
but there's something about it that's there's something about it jazz that, and catchy melody don't usually go together no so. and it, <laughs> there's, there's something that. different it's it's definitely in the tradition of american jazz music but with a it's something different about it it's got just a little bit of added popness to it or or you know yeah. like you said ca- j pop you know definitely like a catchy little bit tunes of that. Right, like the 60s, 70s, like a um, Western pop influence into the jazz. Yeah. 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 For sure. So I will link to that as well. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Hiroshi Suzuki, Cat. And the name of the record is Cat. Yeah, I got it. Uh, well, you know, I think it's that time of the morning where... Uh, People like me and people like you stall while they fish around on the OBS panel to find the right button to click. There we go. (laughs) And the right uh, outro to play. Uh, So as we say every week, uh, this is the uh, Paracasual Destiny podcast. This has been episode 19. You can look for us on Twitter at ParacasualP. We're on the YouTube channel here where we broadcast every Saturday morning around 11 Eastern Time. Uh, Consider commenting, sending us some feedback, like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, So so long from Romance Girl, Sally Bug, uh, Funny Bone, and uh, last but not least, The Green Stago. Have a great weekend, everybody. And, and Shout I'm, out to Richard O'Neill. For and Richard O'Neill. He's the best. He's our favorite now. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.